0: DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right, pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code TBPN. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Are you ready for this? We're ready for this. What we just can't miss. We just can't miss. What we just can't miss. We're What's up, what's up, what's up, L.A.? Welcome to the next episode of L.A. Courtside Podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. And I am your host, L.A. Ray. And here, of course, to talk about our two L.A. teams, Lakers and Clippers. And with both teams tied 2-2 in their series, it's amazing how the tide can uh, turn really, really quickly, or the fortunes can turn really, really quickly on both of these teams. The Lakers seemed like they had a a stronghold on the Phoenix Suns after going up two games to one, uh, regaining momentum, winning two games in a row. And what happens? Anthony Davis goes down again. And the Clippers, on the other hand, losing two straight games at the Staples Center and then going down to Dallas, winning game number three. And uh, many pundits seem to think, okay, that's fine, but uh, doubt if you'll win two games there. And what happens, they put the defensive clamps on the Mavericks, and then they win game four and tie this series two games apiece. So we have both of the L.A. teams that play in the Staples Center, both knotted up at 2-2 in their individual series. Which one of these teams is going to come out of that series, of their series uh, victorious? I still believe that both of them will. As you all know, uh, these two teams, in my opinion, are the two best teams in the West if they are healthy. One thing, though, about the Phoenix Suns, I really, really underestimated that team. If Chris Paul is healthy, that is a very, very formidable team with Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, and the rest of the supporting cast of the Phoenix Suns. They are a very, very good basketball team that I definitely underrated throughout the year. But in any event, I still think the Lakers can take them down. Uh, as uh, the Dallas Mavericks are concerned uh, with Luka Doncic um, suffering from the neck pain, and he definitely did not look himself like himself yesterday in that game. And the Clippers have all kind of momentum now. Ty Lue finally made, finally, finally made an adjustment and put Nick Batum in the starting lineup ahead of Zubats, and and as far as uh, as far as that goes, I think that made the difference in that particular game. Or one of the things that made the difference in that game. But let me break down both of these uh, games that happened yesterday, starting with the Clippers' 106-81 victory over the Dallas Mavericks. And as you heard that music clip, this is the same music clip that I played in episode number 43. Uh, It's called It's the Joint, the Clip Joint, Clipper Nation. The the Clippers are saying we're going to prove to the world that we're for real. That's what the lyrics say in that song. And right now, the Clippers have all types of momentum going for them. Kawhi Leonard is just playing out of his mind right about now. He played 35 minutes yesterday, was 11 out of 15 from the floor. He is becoming very, very efficient in shooting the ball in these last couple of games. I mean, he's doing spin moves for dunks. That one move on Tim Hardaway dunking. You know, he's driving to the basket for layups. And again, as I mentioned in my last episode, you leave him open at that three-point line, he will make that shot. Two out of three from three-piece land yesterday. And Kawhi scored 29 points. Everybody knows that Kawhi is not the vocal type of leader per se he just lets this game do the talking on the basketball floor he doesn't have to uh he's not like paul george he doesn't have to be in front of the cameras and talking all kind of trash and things like that the guy just goes about his business and plays a game of basketball and plays it very very well and right now he is leading the clippers uh in this series against the dallas mavericks speaking of paul george he played a, a, a decent game. wasn't He didn't shoot that well from the field. He was only 6 out of 16 from the floor. He was 3 of 6 from three-piece land, though. He scored 20 points, and he also had 9 rebounds. So Paul George played a, a, a pretty decent game. And as long as Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, that particular tandem, are playing at their peak and playing their best basketball, then the Clippers would be very, very tough to beat. It's, it's just a matter of what, but the supporting cast of the Clippers is going to do. Now, as I mentioned, Nick Batum was inserted into the starting lineup over Zubac. And this has nothing to do with Zubac or so the way he plays or anything like that. It's just simply matchups, matchups. When, when, when Dallas runs that pick and roll with Doncic, when Zubac's in the game, Zubac t- typically ends up guarding uh, Luka Doncic and just that's just a mismatch. It's just not going to work out. So now, if you got Batum in there and they run that pick and roll, you know, you may have Batum ending up on him. You may have George ending up on uh, Luka. You may have uh, Leonard on occasion. You know, Reggie Jackson on occasion. You know, some players with, with, with decent amount of foot speed that may be able to stay with uh, Luka Doncic. And as, and again, as far as I'm concerned, that that was the difference in this game, along with the Clippers just putting the clamps on Dallas defensively. And as I mentioned, Luka just wasn't himself uh, health-wise anyway. He was only 9 out of 24 from the field, 1 of 7 from three-point land. You can tell he was laboring, and you know there was something going on with that, that neck injury that he has. I can only imagine how tough it is to play out there if you have a, like a neck injury you know you don't have that flexibility that you would normally have and it showed yesterday he only scored 19 points he had six rebounds and six assists but and he had four turnovers too by the way and you could just tell he wasn't himself so the rest of the mavericks team had to really pick up the slack and the lakers just really put the clamps on the rest of the mavericks other than chris stapps porzingis who was seven out of 12 from the field and scored 18 points. The rest of the Mavericks were pretty much held in check. Guys like uh, Dorian Finney Smith, you know, he only scored eight points, three of nine from the field. You know, these guys are sort of like they're coming back down to earth. Kleber, uh, 32 minutes, 0 of three from the field, all from three-point land, zero points. Tim Hardaway, Jr. of the University of Michigan, one out of eight from the field he came back down earth he only scored four points so again uh, the Clippers just put the clamps on them defensively so now it looks like the Clippers have the recipe for success in beating Dallas now of course if if, uh, Luka Doncic's neck injury becomes better uh, it would be a little bit more difficult for them to beat Dallas but definitely not impossible, of course. The Clippers have regained home court advantage. And whether Luka Doncic is healthy or not, I still think the Clippers are going to take them out. They just have all the momentum right now. They have all the confidence. And they're just playing really, really well. Terrence Mann, again, 15 minutes. Now, he only scored one point. So, you may look at that and say, well, that's no big deal. He can only scored one point. He just brings... Uh, a tenacity on the court. The guy is just all over the place. He's a very, very good defender. He can handle the basketball, and he gives 110% every time he's on the floor. You know, I advocate for this guy to get even more minutes uh, than he's getting. Patrick Beverly only played five minutes, so it looks like between the three-headed uh, point guard monster of Beverly, Rondo, and Jackson, it looks like Patrick Beverly's minutes are the, the ones that's going to be decreased the most. Rondo played 20 minutes, 3 out of 6 from the field, 7 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. That's a typical uh, good floor game from Rondo. Now, Reggie Jackson seems like he solidified himself into the starting lineup. 31 points, 5 out of 12 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3-piece land. He scored 15 points. He was also a plus 18 while he was on the court. And as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, and in this particular game, he has zero turnovers, as long as Reggie Jackson continues to play like that, Reggie Jackson will be in that starting lineup for the Clippers from this point forward. And I think that is a very, very good move because Reggie Jackson is a much better offensive player than definitely than Patrick Beverly and Rondo, for that matter. Jackson is not the best defender in the world. As a matter of fact, between the three-headed monster, he's the worst defender out of the three. But, you know, the rest of the team can, can kind of hide his def, uh, defensive deficiencies, as I would say. Paul George, um, senior, Morris senior, uh, definitely Kawhi Leonard and Nick Batum. You know, they don't need Reggie Jackson to be Patrick Beverly. They don't need him to be that bulldog on defense. They just need him to handle the basketball. Don't turn it over. Shoot the ball when you're open. Shoot with some efficiency. And, and play a decent floor game. They get that from Reggie Jackson, and then the Clippers will be uh, very, very hard to deal with. Zubach, again, did not start in this game, but he still came in and played 18 minutes, and was two of five from the field, scored five points. So, it looks like at this point, uh, as I mentioned, the Clippers sort of have uh, Dallas's number. Now, in game five at the Staples Center, uh, we'll see if Ty Lue keeps this particular starting lineup, which I think he, he, sh- he definitely should, and uh, keep Nick Batum in that starting lineup and, 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 and get the same results that you got in this particular case. The Clippers are, again, they are on a mission to prove, as that song clip said, prove to the world that they are for real you know, they're still smarting from that loss to Denver last year because everybody keeps bringing it up. I will definitely keep bringing it up, and I'm going to keep bringing it up until they prove me wrong. You know, blowing a 3-1 lead, you know, even against a team as good as the Denver Nuggets. You know, that's, that just did not sit well with Clipper fans. So now here we are, a different year. Pretty much the same team with a couple of adjustments here and there. And now they have the Mavericks where they want them. They have the home corner advantage back. They have momentum. Their best player, Kawhi Leonard, is playing very, very good basketball right now. And then the other half of that tandem, Paul George, he's also playing uh, pretty well. The only, the only uh, issue I have with Paul George is now his shooting sometimes can be a little erratic, where one game he can be as hot as hell, and then the next game he may cool off a little bit and again, in this particular game, he was only six out of sixteen. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. I mean, he was only a couple of shots away from you know shooting fifty percent from the field. But Paul George, it, it just as long as you stay in that you know forty-five to fifty percent range, maybe a little bit higher than that, fifty-five percent from the field, you know, somewhere in that range, then then he'll be fine. And then and then the Clippers will be fine because you know Kawhi Leonard is going to shoot a high percentage. From the field the way he is playing right now. So, Clipper Nation. Clip joint. Clip joint. Here's your chance. Here's your chance to show the world that you're for real. All the Twitter posts, uh, the Clipper fans I was reading this morning, they are absolutely giddy about the uh, about the uh, Clippers team right now. And you know, you know if the Clippers advance to the next round and if the Lakers happen to lose to the Suns, which, again, I don't think they will. But if they happen to lose to the Suns and the Clippers are still in the playoffs, you know that they're going to be trolling the Lakers fans. They'll be called the Fakers and all this other jazz. They're going to be trolling big time. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Lakers will prevail. But like I said, if they don't, the Clippers fans will have a lot of fun at the expense of Lakers fans. Now, speaking of the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, this second segment, of course, I will talk about the loss that they took yesterday to the Phoenix Suns. Clap your hands, everybody, if you got what it takes. Because I'm Curtis Blow, and I want you to know that these are the boys. Lakers fans, now it's time to talk about the late show. Laker Nation. They kind of took it on the chin yesterday. 100-92. A loss to the second seeded Phoenix Suns. Now, losing to the Phoenix Suns is, is, you know, nothing to be ashamed about. They are the second seed, and like I mentioned, they are a team that I know I had underrated all year round, but They are obviously, obviously a very, very good basketball team and deserve that number two seed that they have. Now, again, if the Lakers are healthy and that's the key word, of course, if they are healthy, I still think they can beat this team. Anthony Davis. I mean, you know, what can you say? Yesterday I was at a a family cookout. And of course, we are watching the basketball game. We're watching the Lakers and the Suns. And then what happens in the second quarter? Anthony Davis goes down he's grabbing his leg and everybody in the room who most of them were Laker fans and the air was just let out of the balloon. And here we go. Here we go again. You know, the comments were Anthony Davis says super soft. He's a softy. And and out of frustration, I think I kind of threw a couple of words out there myself of the soft variety. But in retrospect, You know, a guy like Anthony Davis, you know, he doesn't make it in the NBA and be as good as he is by being a quote unquote soft player. When you get injured like that, I think it's more of just bad luck. Really with him more like bad luck. If you want to call him anything, you may want to call him clumsy. I I, I tease my buddies all the time and say, anytime the Lakers play, I put the over under of Anthony Davis falling to the floor at 4.5. And I tell, I tell my friends, Hey, if if they if that was a bet, Uh, if if, if DraftKings.com put that as a prop bet or something like that, you better bet the over, over 4.5. He will fall on the floor at least five times a game. I don't know if it's clumsiness. I don't know if the guy's shoes are tied tight enough. I don't know what it is about him. All I know is he's on the floor an awful lot. And he's had a myriad of injuries this year. And now here's the latest one, a grade one groin strain. Ouch. Anything thing that has to do with the groin and being strained and things like that just does not sound good at this point uh this is a monday memorial day and there's no word yet on whether or not he's going to play in game five doesn't look good right now and if he does not then as lebron james stated in an interview next man up it's as simple as that but how do you do a, a next man up? How do you replace uh, an all-star such as Anthony Davis, a guy with his talent, with next man up? You can have that mentality. And that's player speak, coach speak. They'll all say the same thing, next man up. But, you know, he's a guy that's not replaceable on that, on that particular team anyway. He's not replaceable. So, But that doesn't mean that the Lakers can't win. It doesn't mean that they can't win. So, in this particular game, again, the 100-92 109, uh, loss to Phoenix. Chris Paul is the guy that really, really runs the, uh, the engine, so to speak, for Phoenix. And he had a very, very good game. 7 out of 15 from the field uh, for 18 points. 9 assists. He just controls the ball so well. He's a floor general. And, and, and just like uh, Rondo for the Clippers, Chris Paul is like a coach on the floor. He'll probably make a very, very good coach one day. You know, you know the Steve Kerr type variety. He's, he's very, very good. Very, very good at controlling the tempo of the game. And that shoulder that has been bothering him for the last couple of games, uh, it, it seemed like it wasn't bothering him as much yesterday. He gets the shot that he wants. He has that. That uh, elbow jump shot, that fadeaway jump shot, that's like money. That's money in the bank, baby. He, he puts that ball or dribbles that ball like it's a yo-yo, man, and he gets to his spot, and it doesn't matter who's on him. And then he shoots that fadeaway jumper, and it's, it's, it's money in the bank. And that's, that's pretty much what he was doing. And uh, uh, Jake Crowder had a very, very good game himself. You know, him and LeBron James, they, uh, they obviously don't like each other and uh, Crowder got the best of uh, that matchup yesterday. Maybe not individually, but, you know, his Phoenix team did win the game. He was 6 out of 12, 3 of 8 from three-point land for 17 points. The Phoenix Suns starting five, by the way. They all were in double figures, so the scoring was spread um, apart very, very evenly. Uh, Makar Bridges had 11 points. DeAndre Ayton played a very, very good game. He's been playing very well in this series six of eight from the field, 14 points. He also had 17 rebounds. He He's actually out rebounding uh, Andre Drummond. And Devin Booker, though, he did not shoot particularly well from the field. He was only five out of 14 from the field for 17 points, only one of five from uh, three-point land. So that's two games in a row that Devin Booker has not shot the ball well. So I'm thinking that that if the Lakers uh, should get anything positive out of this, it's the fact that Devin Booker is not shooting well right now. Now, obviously, that can change in game five where he can just you know, go off on you. But uh, right now, he's not shooting the ball well. Maybe Devin Booker needs some uh, home cooking as that next game will be in Phoenix on Tuesday night. And maybe that's what Devin Booker needs. Let's hope not. Let's hope he continues not to shoot the ball well. And uh, Cameron Payne, you know, he's still a thorn in the Lakers side. Five out of 12 from the field. He scored 13 points. So, again, the Phoenix Suns had some very, very efficient scoring. They shot 43% from the field. Now, they were only 28% from three-point land. And, again, if you want to get some positive out of this loss, uh, you can say that they haven't been shooting the three-ball as well. And let's hope that continues to be the case. Now, on the Lakers side of the ledger, of course, as I mentioned, Anthony Davis out with that uh, strain growing that he uh, got in the second quarter. Now, he played 19 minutes. It was only 2-9 from the field. So, even if he stayed in that game and was healthy, he did not get off to a very, very good start. And he only had six points. He had four rebounds and three assists when he left the game. So, you know, Anthony Davis is just a re- really head-scratcher, man. He's, you know, he's a very, very good player. Every, you know, any basketball fan would tell you that he's, he's one of the top, I would say, at least top 15 players in this game, for sure, when he's on his game and when he's healthy. He is definitely that. He's one of the better power forwards in this game. But he's been just inconsistent lately, and the injuries are just, they're just mind-boggling. Yeah, I, I've never seen a guy with, with such bad luck as this guy. And, you know, we don't know if he's going to be available for game five. We don't know if he's going to be available for the rest of the series against Phoenix. And as LeBron James, uh, again, says next man up. But, you know, who's going to take the spot of Anthony Davis in that starting lineup? Markeith Morris, who hasn't been getting a lot of run in this series. He only played eight minutes in this game, scored three points. Other than him, now you can insert uh, Kuzma into the starting lineup. Kuzma played 25 minutes. was four out of 11 from the field, one of five from three-piece land for 11 points. Now, again, you know, you have to look at the positive in, in situations like this. In negative situations, you look at anything positive, right? So in the middle of the season, when Anthony Davis was out, you know, in the middle of the season, Kuzma played a lot of minutes. He replaced him in that starting lineup, and typically Kuzma would at least lead the Lakers in rebounding. Kuzma's a very, very effective rebounder, and, you know, if he gets his shot on, if he, you know, if he gets hot, Kuzma can score some points. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what uh, Coach Vogel does. Will he put Kuzma in that starting lineup in place of Davis? Will he put Morris in there? What about Montrez Harrell? What about Montrez Harrell, folks? I, I, Another head-scratcher. I just don't see how this guy, Harrell, I'm speaking of, is not getting any run. It's, it's mind-boggling to me. I mean, he's one of the guys, he comes in, he gives a ton of en- uh, energy, 110%. Very, very tough player. And when he gets his minutes, he's always, or typically, in double-digit scoring. You know, he'll give you 12 to 15 points. I, I, I don't see, I just don't see how he's not getting any more run in it. I just don't understand it. But now with Anthony Davis out, Vogel may not have a choice, but to give him some, uh, give him some minutes. Somebody has to replace him. So that's probably the three choices that you have. You have Harold, you have Kuzma and you have Keith Morris, you know, unless you want to put uh, Mark Gasol in there to start in this place, but you're not going to do that along with Andre Drummond. So that's not going to happen. You're not going to have Gasol and Drummond in the game at the same time. So we'll see how Vogel uh, um, plays that, that particular situation. LeBron James in this game, you know, he can only do so much. 38 minutes, 10 out of 21 from the field. So that's not bad. He was only one out of seven from three-point land, though. And he led the Lakers with 25 points. And moving forward. Uh, LeBron James did mention in a, in an um, in interview that, hey, my shoulders are broad. I'm paraphrasing here. My shoulders are broad. And if I, you know, if I have to take more pressure on my shoulders, I'll do that. And I'm looking for the challenge. Win, lose, or draw, I'm looking for the challenge. And, of course, he'll be up for the challenge. You know, LeBron James is not going to turn down a challenge, but You know, when you look at it, though, you know, can he, LeBron James, beat the Phoenix Suns all by himself? The answer to that is absolutely not. He's going to have to have some help, especially from Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder, 32 minutes. He was only 3 of 13 from the field. 2 of 6 from 3-piece land. He only scored 8 points. You need much more than that from Schroeder. Schroeder can get to the basket sort of like any time he wants, really, Especially just one on one, but a lot of times he gets down there and he he shoot he likes to shoot that that one handed uh, layup where he kind of holds that ball up in the air as he's going in for the layup, and a lot of times it seems like he ends up too far under the basket and he'll miss that shot or he'll get it blocked a couple of times. Now he makes his fair share of them, but a lot of times they block that shot and then shooter. You know, as far as shooting from the outside, it's it's you know hit or miss with him, man. He if he's on his game and hot, yeah, he can hit a few. But when he's not, he misses, especially misses it short. And I'm not sure what's going on with his outside shot. But I tell you what, in the off season, that's what he needs to do: get into the gym hours upon hours upon hours, man, and practice on that jump shot. And because he needs to improve that big time. West Matthews was in the starting lineup ahead of KCP, not ahead of KCP, in place of KCP because again another injury for the Lakers. KCP was out with an injury, and they really, really missed him on the defensive end. Even though Booker again did not go off on the Lakers, they still missed uh, KCP's presence on defense. But West Matthews, you know, he only scored six points. He's not a you know an offensive starward type of player. He was only two or five from the field. Um, both shots were from three-point land, and he scored six points. Andre Drummond, again, he's being out-rebounded by DeAndre Ayton. Drummond had only, well, I'm going to say only was double digits in rebounds. He had 10 rebounds. But, you know, offensively, you're just not going to get much out of Drummond. So since the Lakers have picked him up, I've been kind of disappointed in Drummond's play. On the offensive end, he's never been, you know, the type of guy where you dump it into him down low and, you know, he gives you a plethora of moves, like a Joel Embiid or something like that. But the guy is too big and too strong, man, to, you know, get the ball down low and not being able to do much with it. You know, very, very strong player. Uh, And he gets, but he gets the ball like slapped out of his hands a lot. Or when he does get the ball in the paint and tries to make a couple of moves, you know, he'll put the ball on the floor. And of course, you know, you're a seven foot guy. You're not used to dribbling the ball. As soon as you put that ball on the floor, you have these guards swiping at the ball. They're like mosquitoes out there. They're swiping at the ball, man. And they just swipe it out of his hands. And there you go with a turnover. So he's been kind of disappointed. His rebounds, they've been, they've been Okay. You know, he'll he'll get you ten, fifteen, and and close to twenty on occasion. But it's still in my opinion, still been a, a kind of a disappointment. I don't think Andre Drummond will be with the Lakers next year. I think they'll do something else at center. You know, hopefully he can help them win another championship this year. But as far as uh in the future, I just don't see Andre Drummond with this team. Plus the Lakers may not be able to afford him anyway. Some other team will probably offer him a uh, uh, you know, bring a Brinks truck over to his house and the Lakers may not have that flexibility. So where are the Lakers? Where do the Lakers go from here? Here it's two, two, you go into Phoenix, you know, back into there, back into the, uh, the Valley, back to the Valley. And you don't know whether you're going to have Anthony Davis or not. If you have him, I'm sure he's not going to be at full strength. He's still suffering a little bit from the, from the knee strain, that he had, he was kind of hobbling in the game yesterday with that. Before he got the groin injury, so even if Anthony Davis comes back, he's not going to be at 100 percent. And uh, if he does not come back, then you're going to insert one of your um, one of your role players and, and just hope that they they get the job done. Like an Anthony Davis could get the job done if he were healthy. So the Lakers have a have a, a tall hill to climb here. You know, as opposed to the Clippers in this first round. And again, on Twitter, on the Twitter post, they'll, they'll still be trolling back and forth. Laker and Clipper fans trolling back and forth. One of my Clippers uh, followers uh, sent me a tweet today uh, at ClipGang13. He said, L.A. Ray, how about those Clippers? It reminded me of when uh, Jerry Jones was coaching the Dallas Cowboys Uh, in the uh, playoffs some years ago, and they won a playoff game. And then he made uh, an impassioned speech, Jerry Jones, I'm speaking of. And uh, Jimmy Johnson, I'm sorry, the coach Jimmy Johnson. He said, how about them Cowboys? So is that going to be the new new, uh, mantra for the Clippers fans? How about those Clippers? So right now, they're in a, a more favorable position than the Lakers are in. But again, you know, let's keep the faith. Lakers fans, it's not over yet. It's not over. You can still beat Phoenix. You know, LeBron James said it himself. Hey, we can still win. With or without Anthony Davis, we can still win. And if LeBron James has that mindset, you know, he's the king. He's the self-proclaimed king. Then, hey, you need to go out there and play like it, LeBron. Play like you're the best player on the planet, which you are. And that's what, that's what the Lakers are going to need from him. They're going to need him to be Superman pretty much. And again, as far as the Clippers are concerned, they continue to play like they're playing, you know, especially Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Then uh, the Clippers would definitely go to the second round for sure. For sure. I think they have uh, Dallas's number right now. And uh, I'm not too worried about the Clippers. So with that, L.A. fans, I'm going to leave it right there. I'd like to thank the Basketball Podcast Network, of course, for putting on this show. I'd like to thank our sponsor. DraftKings.com. If you want to place your bets, make sure you go to DraftKings.com, put in promo code TBPN, and place your bets. And if Anthony Davis does come back, and if Draft, if DraftKings, DraftKings, if you're listening, make that a prop bet. How many times Anthony Davis is going to fall to the floor? Put your over under at 4.5, over under. And folks, make sure you bet the over on that, because the guy will be falling on the floor. But, uh, go to DraftKings.com if you want to place your best on any of these uh, basketball playoff games or hockey playoffs or even baseball games. Go place your bets, DraftKings.com. And also, if you like the content that you receive from L.A. Courtside, this particular podcast, make sure you go to whatever platform you use to get your podcast, such as uh, Google, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or iHeart any of the platforms where you can receive your podcast make sure you go there and you will find la corset and make sure that you uh subscribe and rate comment and review again with that la fans I'd like to thank you all for listening and until the next episode peace